You want to do video? I just want to see your pretty face. I mean, we don't have to do video the whole time. I just, you know, I figured you want to see mine and I can see yours, so. You'll show me yours if I show you mine? Hey, what up? Ready, set, go! This is episode number five with the rebel leader of nerd fitness, author of Level Up Your Life, speaker at places like Google and Facebook, and aspiring Captain America superhero, Steve Cam. All right, what's up, runners? Jason Fitzgerald here, and thanks for tuning in to the Strength Running Podcast, where I dive into the habits, strategies, and mindsets of success so that you can improve your running. My guest today is a good friend uh, that I've known since 2010, Mr. Steve Cam. Steve is the creator of Nerd Fitness, a community of over 300,000, whoa, self-described nerds who are leveling up their lives. Steve turns average people like you and me into superheroes, and you can see that in any of the really incredible transformations that are posted on Nerd Fitness, from hundreds of pounds of weight loss to training regular people to do walking handstands or ring exercises fit for a gymnast. And in this very bromantic conversation, we go into detail about how to create more healthy habits, like waking up earlier, surrounding yourself with people who will push you to be better, and the books that have helped Steve himself change his life. This was a really fun episode to record, and I hope you enjoy it too. Without any further delay, please enjoy my conversation with Steve Cam. But yeah, let's dive in. Uh, So let's start. Do Do you remember how we met Steve? Uh, if I remember correctly, it was, was it J-Date or was it a different dating app? I, I, it was before Tinder. <laughs> Maybe it was no. on Craigslist, Casual right. Encounters. <laughs> That's what it was. Uh, I think it was, it, was it officially the first, I mean, the first time we met in person, but did we meet before that at the, the Washington DC nerd fitness meetup? That's right. Yeah. I <laughs> told, I told my wife, I think I had just gotten married and I was like, Hey, this blogger guy that i know from the internet is doing a meetup in downtown in dc we should go meet him and the i think the first thing she told me was can you stop meeting boys on the internet please <laughs> that's awesome. well and then at some point like i came in like i stayed with you for a number of days i don't remember what what i was doing or why i was in town but like i i crashed in your couch or in your spare bedroom for a while like yeah i yeah. remember that just I think it was in- the fall of 2011. It was you were moving to Washington D.C. for a little while, and you were kind of like in this weird phase where you were homeless and needed like a couple nights to crash somewhere. So you essentially you invited a homeless drifter to stay at your house. Yeah, I mean he was a good-looking drifter, so you know <laughs> it was fine for us. Perfect. Well, I'm just glad it worked out. But yeah, the the night we met, it was at that nerd fitness meetup. Uh, you bought me. I think more than a beer, because I don't think I left that meetup sober. <laughs> but we had a blast, and, and I, and I, you know, after talking to you, do you know we have like a very similar origin story when it comes to our businesses? You bought the four-hour work week on your lunch break, devoured it, yep. and then immediately bought NerdFitness.com. I bought the four-hour work week on my lunch break at a job that just was morally and and everything else just crushing me yep and i devoured it and bought strengthrunning.com <laughs> look at us did you we're know really, that i did it look at us we're really doing it i know we're doing the thing 
But here we are, and and Nerd Fitness is rolling along, and you're doing all kinds of crazy things. Uh, I saw that you're learning how to play the violin. Yes, uh, I, I my my mom likes to say that I just have always liked to make noise, even since I was like a little kid. So like back then, it was just like probably yelling gibberish or like banging pots and pans together. Um, and then as I got older, I I started playing the piano and and college started playing the guitar. And then over the past two or three years, um, fell in love with this idea and knowing some friends of mine that were in an Irish band, like I was watching like the Irish fiddle player, like how much fun they have on stage. They just like jump and dance in circles and playing really fast. And then, like everybody wants to jump and dance and sing and drink. And I like I kind of I kind of want to do that. And uh I had been writing this book called Level Up Your Life and talking about how important it is to get started with something even if you're terrible at it and how to put specific goals and habits and all those things in place. And I wanted to prove that the concepts worked. So I decided to start learning how to play the violin while also writing the book kind of as like an experiment uh, for myself. So uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a challenging adventure. Uh, playing, Learning the piano, I think, was much easier and the guitar was much easier than the piano. And now the violin is just like a such a different, complicated instrument that it's been both frustrating and incredibly challenging and also a lot of fun. Is it a difficult in- instrument to play? Because I love how it sounds. And my wife, Megan, always teases me because if there's a song with like a violin riff, yeah. I love it. I'm into it. Me too. Uh, yeah, it's really challenging. So like with the guitar, which I so I generally have like at least one musical instrument within arm's reach of me. Um, a guitar has frets. So like you put your finger in a certain fret and it, the, the note is going to sound the same regardless. But on a violin, there's no fret necessarily. So you just have to like know either by feel, rote memorization or uh, just hours of practice exactly where your fingers are supposed to go on each string and how the bow is supposed to be pulled across those strings. So like if any of those things are off, it makes the note sound like a dying cat. So like 95% of what I play is dead cat sounding. Um, and then, uh, or dying cat, a dead cat probably doesn't play violin very well. Um, and then the other 5% is like, Oh, that's what a violin is supposed to sound like. So I'm working on getting that number from 95.5 down to closer to 50-50, and who knows, someday uh, I'll actually be not terrible at it. Yeah, well, I just watched your Get Terrible Out of the Way video, and and so I've seen you, literally seen you play the violin, and that noise will forever haunt my dreams. You're welcome. And and people might be wondering why in the world we're talking about playing the violin uh, to, you know, we're talking about playing the violin on a running podcast. You don't even like running, Steve. So what the oh. hell are you doing here? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> so I've, I've also I've seen you fail at a lot of things, and, and I think that's actually a great thing. I've seen you be absolutely piss poor at muscle ups, but <laughs> nevertheless, you're actually getting really good at them now. And I know that you'll probably get really good at the violin. And so you're constantly putting yourself in, in positions where you're going to fail and you're going to absolutely suck at something. And, and I think that's a really important place to be. Can you talk about why you want to put yourself in those positions and kind of like what what you hope to get out of it sure um well so interestingly so i and i think i think you know this but i actually ran cross country in high school and i got the coach's award so like i used to be a runner um and and then like i discovered two of my vertebrae don't actually line up and now like even going for like a half mile run is enough to make my lower back just absolutely hate me so um my training has 
since shifted to more gymnastics and, and strength training. But uh, I have no problem. We, you know, part of the nerd fitness community, we call our the, the runners would be the scouts, the scout guild. So um, we have tons of scouts in our community, tons of people that love running. And the thing that we try to get across to people outside of like, hey, pick the type of fitness that you enjoy is also like you don't need to be a certain way to start doing an activity you will become that person by doing that activity. So like people think like, oh, I need to be really skinny to be a runner. It's like, no, like you can be, you can get in shape by running or it's like, oh, I don't have the body of a gymnast. Therefore I can't do gymnastics. It's like, no, no, no. Those gymnasts got look like that because they train in this way. So like start today. If you want to be a runner, like go for a walk, like just go now, put your shoes on and go for a five second five second jog jog for five seconds walk for a minute jog for five seconds walk for a minute everybody has to start somewhere and you're going to be terrible at it so you might as well get terrible out of the way as soon as possible so that you can get to the good stuff and a big part of that is i think just mentally getting over the fact that like i might look foolish or i might not be as good as i think or what if i'm really terrible at it like yes all of those things probably will happen but it's better than wondering what if or consistently using those excuses to keep you from you know, finally getting started with taking action. Yeah, there's a lot of people don't know this, but when I first started running, uh, I actually went out for cross country myself, uh, thinking that I could high jump. I quickly learned that there's no field events in cross country. It's all running. I, I don't think I even finished a 20 minute run. I had to walk. I felt like I was run over by a truck for like a week. But, you know, I think we both love the quote, appearance is a consequence of fitness and you might know who said that it's not it's escaping me right now yeah uh the gentleman's name is mark twight and he owns uh i think jim jones in wherever i think it's like utah or something but he was the guy that trained uh the actors in the movie 300 yes that's right and i remember watching a training video that they put together and this was years ago uh back when 300 came out and he's absolutely right and and you're right too you know you Damn end up looking <laughs> Steve is always right but you end <laughs> up looking the a certain way because of your activity level and it doesn't matter how you start where you start but you do have to start and once you get that terrible out of the way then you can work on gradual improvement and and Steve I think you have a really good ability to get people to start from where they are right now, which you know is often level zero in terms of fitness, and uh -huh. then make getting in shape fun. And and this is like answering the ten million dollar question. You know how do you, how do you do this? What is your secret? Sure. Well, I, I it's interesting. Like nothing makes me happier than on Nerd Fitness when we interview somebody and they were you know three hundred pounds or four hundred pounds or. 250 pounds and they have two kids and they have been very unhealthy and we interview them six months later and they're like i don't know how you did it and i can't believe i'm saying this but i actually look forward to exercising now and they're like they're like dumbfounded they're like i wake up and like this is now part of my routine and part of what i do so i think a big part of what i try to do with nerd fitness is help people set up those I guess, extrinsic goals to get them started so that they eventually can become intrinsically motivated. So like extrinsic would be like you reward yourself for reward yourself with a new pair of running shoes. If you go for a run 
uh, every day for two weeks. And that reward encourages you to keep running further. Or you punish yourself if you don't run by, say, donating $50 to the political candidate that you don't like if you were to skip uh, a workout this week. So you set kind of these parameters to get you over that initial hump of like, oh, I'm not motivated and I don't want to do it. It's like sometimes, especially in those first few weeks, you need to get going. So setting up those those parameters to get you started and then making sure that your focus, like you said earlier, is on something that, that you enjoy or you enjoy the challenge or the process and you get to the point where you then aren't only motivated by what do I get for doing this or what do I get punished for by not doing this. Instead, it's like the activity itself becomes the reward. And that's our focus with nerd fitness is to surround you with the right type of people, help you set the right environment, make it fun with nerdy references or gamification or a leveling system to get you started, to keep you going through those first initial months uh, until you get to the point where you're like, I actually enjoy this and it makes me feel better when I do this. Uh, You know, for you, it's like, oh, it's like that runner's high is something I chase because it makes me feel so great. It's not just like I have to run so that I can win a contest at work. It's like, I go for a run because I thoroughly enjoy the process of running. Yeah, there's, um, you know, there's this concept I use called small wins. And if you want to accomplish any kind of big goal, whether that's, you know, lose 100 pounds or qualify for the Boston Marathon, that's a huge goal. And it's also really intimidating. It can be overwhelming. You don't know how to tackle something that big. And I think using you know, this concept of, you know, gradually leveling up, you know, you're not going to be at level 50 overnight, but let's get to level two first and using these small wins to, uh, snowball momentum over time is, is just really helpful. And for runners, you know, you said, let's get you through the first couple months, man, when you start running, there's like no other feeling of being totally inadequate as, as a new runner. And I, I think getting through those first three, four, five months is probably the biggest hurdle for any runner. You sure. have to be able to get through those first couple months. And if you don't, if you don't set yourself up with the right environment, the right reward system, you're just going to fail. And uh, you know, I think it all comes down to gradually becoming, you know, the runner you want to be or the person you want to be. And I think what you do a really good job at, Steve, is. Um, you know, this, this idea of self-improvement in a really fun way. Um, and I think we're both pretty gung ho about self-improvement, but, um, (laughs) we, we may not, we may not be in the majority with that. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about that. What are, what are some areas in your own life that you've leveled up on that are still benefiting you today? So things that you might've done in the past and now you're no longer working on them, but you're still reaping the rewards. Uh, Great question. So just to go quickly, I want to talk about something about the, the small wins that you mentioned and like you, you can't get to level 50 without level two. The, the quote that we like to use at Nerd Fitness is, I remember in the first Lord of the Rings movie, we're going to get a little nerdy here, but hopefully not too deep. The first Lord of the Rings movie, the guy says, one does not simply walk into Mordor. It's like, you know, they have Frodo has this, this task where he has to bring this tiny ring halfway across the world and drop it in, drop it in to, you know, Mount Doom. It's like, that sounds such an overwhelming monumental task. Like you said, it's the equivalent of running the Boston Marathon or whatever it may be. And it turns out you do walk to Mordor. It's just one step at a time. So like the next scene is Frodo saying, Gandalf, is Mordor to the left or the right? And Gandalf's like, it's to the left. I think it's to the left. Maybe it's to the right. I don't know which one he actually ends up saying. But 
Frodo then just takes his first step. So he's like, okay, like, how do you get there? It's like, you take one step at a time. Or the joke, the, uh, the other joke is, like, how do you eat an elephant? It's one bite at a time. So it's like, you have this monumental task. It's like, how can you break that down into smaller goals and small wins? And with each win, proving to yourself that, like, oh, this new identity that I feel on the inside is actually starting to manifest itself with my exterior changes. So, uh, anyways, to back to your other question. Um, Things that I am working on personally that I don't necessarily have to think about anymore, but I had to make a concerted effort around. Uh, I am now a hundred percent a morning person. Up until two years ago, two and a half years ago, I was not a morning person. I would stay up until four in the morning and sleep until 10 and I would be busy, quote unquote, all day long. And then I would do all the important work from 10 p.m. to four in the morning. And it wasn't very conducive to a social life and it wasn't very healthy. So I put systems and um, kind of safeguards in place and really focused in on my environment and my habits and said, I'm going to become a morning person. So I, I started by waking up slightly earlier every morning. I started to build a morning routine. I started to get the most important tasks of the day done first thing in the morning. Uh, I blocked certain websites using, you know, website blocking programs. I uninstalled certain apps from my phone so I wouldn't wake up. At, I wouldn't keep my phone in my bedroom. I put my alarm clock up alarm clock across the room. I did all of these tiny little changes that over time eventually shifted it. So it's like, Oh, I need to wake up to do these things early now, like waking up early and reading a book for the first half an hour of the day with a cup of coffee is like the greatest half an hour that like I thoroughly look forward to. And like I, at night I'm like, I, I can't wait to go to bed so I can wake up and have an amazing morning. And it's completely shifted my, how I run my business, how I exercise, my health, my well-being, just everything as a result of making a concerted effort to go all in on this. And now it's effortless. Now it's like I wake up, I, I often wake up without, without an alarm clock uh, around 6 a.m. It's like, like, I'm ready to go. Like I wake up, all right, day is ready to go instead of in the past where it's like, you know, the alarm's going off at 9.30. And I'm like, oh, God, I have to get up now. It's, I'm a 100% different person as a result of those changes. Yeah, and I think a lot of runners are can relate to that because, you know, most runners, they need to get their workout in early in the morning before they get their kids ready for school, before they head off to work. And it's it's tough sometimes. And after college, I was the guy getting up at 5 in the morning in the dead of a Massachusetts winter to oh. run 85 miles a week in the dark at 5.30 in the morning. And it was miserable for me. And, you know, I think the year after college is a tough year to transition to being a really early morning person. Sure. Um, but can you talk about how you did that? Because I think that's really valuable. Um, because, you know, like I said, a sure. lot of runners need to wake up early, but it's really hard. Like, what were the actual specific steps that you took to make waking up at 6 a.m. with no alarm clock manageable? Sure. Um, well, I think a few things. One, I, I truly believe that we are creatures of habit and we are products of our environment. So I knew if I could structure my environment in a certain way and if I could focus on the habits of waking up earlier, if I put my focus on those every day, the end result would be that I would become a morning person. So as far as structuring my environment, um, step one was putting my alarm clock across the room and not sleeping with my phone. So I think most people probably use their phones as their alarm clock and it's the last thing they look at while they're lying in bed scrolling through Instagram and then they wake up and the first thing they do is grab their phone and check their email or 
check text, me- te- uh, check text messages or whatever, and their phone is their alarm clock. It's this very uh, 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 you know annoying noise that that wakes them up. I instead went with a um, I bought what they call a sunrise alarm clock, and I put it across my room. My room is very dark. Um, and then in the morning, this light starts about 20 minutes before I'm scheduled to wake up and slowly gets brighter and brighter and brighter. And then like it brings in some bird noises or something. So it, it slowly brings me out of my sleep instead of this jarring noise that might interrupt me in the middle of a REM cycle. It slowly wakes me up and gently brings me to uh, being awake, which I feel like has been helpful in me not waking up feeling really groggy. So let's say my bedtime before or my wake up time was 9.30. Instead of going like, okay, 9.30 and now, bam, it's 6 a.m. It's like, okay, for the next two weeks, it's going to be 9 a.m. And then for another two weeks, it'll be 8.30. And then another three weeks, it'll be 8.15. And then 8. And then 7.45 and 7 and whatever. Now, obviously, I understand most people probably can't couldn't sleep uh, as late as I did. And they might be going from 7 a.m. to 5 a.m. So they can they can adjust how they're, how they're making that shift. Um, like I said, so alarm clock is directly across the room. I would, I never snooze. So that's something that I would just refuse to allow myself to do. I don't have it that as a setting. So it's like when I wake up, I have to get up, walk across the room and turn off the alarm clock. At that point, there's like a glass of water or something waiting there for me. So the first thing I do would be drink that and walk into the other room and try to be intentional with how I spend my mornings. And I knew, like I said, I would be more excited to wake up early if I would start my day with something that I would enjoy. So for me, that became like the ritual of making a cup of coffee and reading a chapter in a book that I'm really excited about. So um, that would that was essentially that. And then on the other end of the spectrum, it required me to shut down a lot earlier at the end of the night. So I would I would try to put systems in place to either not play video games or you know remove Netflix from my Apple TV or whatever it may be. Understanding like those are the things that were probably keeping me up way too late. And, uh, instead understanding like, well, if you're going to wake up earlier, that means you need to go to bed earlier. That means you need to wind down your evenings half an hour earlier every night. So it's almost like setting a reverse alarm clock, like having a notification that says like, Oh, it's time to start getting ready for bed and mentally winding down instead of staying up for another episode of, uh, the office or parks and recreation or whatever it may be. Um, and I feel like those two shifts specifically, and then just being consistent about it, waking, doing, making it the habit and focusing only on that thing every morning, uh, what was, a, was pretty instrumental in, uh, helping me build that habit of waking up earlier. Yeah. And it's, it's a hard habit to build. And I think what, what me and you both do a lot is helping people change their habits, whether that's becoming a better runner and needing to do things a little differently or, you know, losing a lot of weight or learning how to do a muscle up, um, and I think one of the mistakes that people make is, you know, they don't create those systems. They don't put uh, the right environment in place to help them succeed. And instead, they're just going to try harder or they're going to rely on willpower. And I find think, more motivation. Yeah, let's just find some motivation. <laughs> Let me scroll through Instagram and I'll find like a fun quote on a, on a board somewhere. Uh, but I, I think that's huge. And I think when you can set up your environment to help you succeed with whatever your goal is. And it doesn't even need to be a fitness goal or a health related goal, whatever it is, whether it's professional uh, or, or even social skills, putting those systems in places is, is super valuable. 
they're everything, man. Systems, systems trump motivation. Systems trump uh, inspiration. Systems trump uh, effort. It just it put if like we talk. I talk about this under fitness a bunch, but like if you are motivated at that point, like it, let's say you watch. Uh, you know, chariots of fire or you read born to run and like you're all you're fired up you want to go you want like i'm gonna go running like putting your shoes on and going running that day is a good start but eventually that motivation from that source is going to wear off and then you'd be like oh it's cold out or oh, i'm kind of sick but if you were motivated to run and instead spent that hour focused on building systems in your life to make motivation obsolete to get you to run you're going to have more success longer and more sustainably than if you're just focused on the motivation. Preach it, brother. Systems and <laughs> discipline are definitely much more effective at willpower and motivation. Um, so, okay, let's let's switch gears a little bit. Um, let's talk about your book, Level Up Your Life. And in my experience as a runner and then as a coach, um, the chapter in your book that really resonated with me was the choose multiplayer mode and build a legendary team. What's the <laughs> basic idea of teaming up with others and treating life like a huge multiplayer game? Yeah, I think, especially in this day and age, and depending on where you work or how you work, it's very easy to feel like you're an army of one or you're on an island. Uh, I find it very frequently with members of the nerd fitness community, that they're the only person in their group of friends that is interested in getting fit. And it's challenging. They're like, oh, I, I want to get healthier, but my unhealthy friends are the people that I spend a lot of my time with. And those are the people I play video games with their board games. And when I tell them, hey, look, I ran a 5k this week, they're like, yeah, but you missed our raid in World of Warcraft. Like, that's very disheartening. So like having a great team can be the difference in success or failure in a video game. Like if you're playing Call of Duty or Halo or World of Warcraft, if you're on a team of bad people, it's going to ruin the experience. If you're on a team of amazing people that are better than you and challenge you to be better, you will in turn get better as well. Why don't we just apply those same exact principles to our groups in, in real life? And I'm not saying fire all your friends or shun your family members, but a quote that I've heard oftentimes mostly through Tim Ferriss, a guy that you mentioned, and I know you're familiar with the quote too, but it's the idea that you're the average of the people you associate the most with and or the five people you associate the most with. So think about the five people that you spend most of your time with. It could be your spouse, a boyfriend, girlfriend, your close friends, your coworkers, and are any of them challenging you to be better? And if you're trying to become a better runner and none of the people you hang out with are runners – you are being like negatively and very subtly influenced in the opposite direction than if you were surrounded by a running club or spent your time hanging out uh, on strengthrunning.com or participating in and I see you doing a lot of the you know Twitter chats for um, for a lot of the you know, running and, and strength training and things like that. So like the more you can associate with the people that you want to be, the more time you spend in real life with those people, the more likely. I, I, I hate this to sound like the secret, you know, where it's like, just like surround yourself and make your dream board. Like, I don't mean it in that way. I mean it in like a very tactical, very concrete kind of way. When you are hanging out with other people that are running and they're like, hey, we're going for a run today or, hey, we have this run on Saturday morning. You're going to feel less bad about staying in on a Friday night than if you don't have that thing on Saturday morning and all your friends are like, dude, come on, like we're going to go 
stuff our faces full of pizza and stay up until four in the morning, you would then feel bad saying like, well, I have to go run in the morning. And they're like, well, why would you want to do that? That's stupid and skip it. Whereas if your other friends are already in bed because they're going to run, you're like, oh, great. Like I can just hang out in the morning with other people that are also healthy and happy and better at what I want to do. So I really try to surround myself with people that challenge me, that make me better. Uh, you know, I think Tim says something like, you know, you, you never want to be the smartest person in the room. And I think you can apply that to, you never want to be the fastest runner in your group. You never want to be the strongest person in your group. You never want to be the healthiest person because you always want somebody to learn from and somebody that's kind of in the trenches with you. You want somebody that pushes you or influences you in a, in the positive way. And that's why, uh, really focusing in on just who you surround yourself with. Um, I think is as important as the uh, that the idea that we are creatures of habit and that our environments, uh, you know, we, we are products of our environment. So like those those three things influence us far more than any training program we could follow or any specific piece of diet advice. It's it's those other things. Yeah, and I think it comes down to peer pressure, and there's certainly such a thing as positive peer pressure. Yep. Uh, it is it is a thing, and it's really important. You know, I. Recently on an interview, I said something like, I feel like I cheated when I started running because I started on a team. I had a few coaches. I had like 15 or 20 guys that were just great to hang out with. And it made working out so much easier for me. And being on that team and being surrounded by other runners, almost all of whom were so much faster than me, just allowed me to build that habit and that discipline to, to train and it also just really helped ignite my my love of running uh, because I was on that team. And I think if, you know, especially now, you know, it's we're recording this. It's 2016. There's no excuse not to find people who love what you love uh, in a positive way and yeah. to, to help you do whatever you're trying to do. Uh, because, you know, now you can find those people online. You know, you can find virtual groups. You can find virtual communities. Um, you know, Nerd Fitness is such a fantastic community. And what I love about you guys, you, you're saying, um, you know, we don't care where you where you're starting from and i'm gonna butcher this why don't you take over steve <laughs> the quote is so we have our rules of the rebellion and that's what we call our community and the number one rule is we don't care where you came from only where you're going only where you're going yeah i love that and you know the same thing is true you know runners we get on a team and you know some of us are really slow some of us are really fast but everything that i noticed about the running community has been just so positive and so supportive and you know the faster people help the slower people develop and and improve and i just love that and there's no better way in 2016 to to do that than either um you know finding a running group finding people to run with um you know getting a coach on, on the web or finding some sort of community online where you're not being a lone wolf. You know, I always talk about don't be a lone wolf. There's no reason to be. If you have a question, get it answered. If, yep. you, if you're injured, go get it treated, you know, uh, and you, there's so many resources available. Uh, and I think that's uh, just really uh, important for leveling up and you can't do it alone. You know, there's no way if you haven't you know, gotten in touch with mentors and or coaches or people to push you to become better that you'd be where you are today. Well, I think also like you don't 
it's an inefficient use of your time when there are these amazing resources available. That's like you sitting there, like trying to build a house, you know, like hammering and or uh, I'm trying to think of like a you're trying to chop down a tree with an axe while there's a, a chainsaw sitting right next to you. You know, yeah. it's like like you can do it. But but why would you you know, if your goal is to get to a place where you're enjoying it and you're happy and and you can get there faster by doing it in the right way and there are resources that you can pull from like why would you not do that like it just it, it makes so much sense but and yet just so often we're just like oh i'll figure you know i'm alone or i, I don't like asking for help or whatever it's like dude one of the best uh who says it, like ramit ramit who runs a really great website as well i think i will teach you to be rich but he's a really big personal finance and personal development guy but he talks about like the difference between top performers and um, you know, kind of wannabes and top performers have no problem asking for help or understanding like there is a lot that I don't know and there's probably somebody out there that is really good at this and succeeded in a way that I want to succeed and five minutes with them or answering, having them answer that one question could save me a decade of struggling if the right person is found or the right question is asked. So um, I, I think not being afraid to ask for help and not being afraid to surround yourself with those people and not trying to go it alone for whatever reason uh, is, is huge, uh, you know, whether it's running life, who, who knows? Yeah. Asking questions is probably the, the, what is it? The most important thing. I mean, yeah. Surrounding yourself with, with great people is really important, but you know, I used to clash with my college cross country and track coach because every day I'd be like, why are we doing this workout? Is is this workout building upon the workout we did last week? And I would just be asking question after question because I truly wanted to understand the training process. And I, I don't think I don't think most people do that. And it's it's there for you. It's right there. You can just understand things more. And anyone who wants to achieve a lot is going to be asking great questions. Um, and so with surrounding yourself with people who are encouraging you and pushing you to do more. Are, are you telling me, Steve, I should probably stop hanging out with my toddlers and cats? <laughs> no, keep your toddlers and cats. So we actually posted an article recently on Nerd Fitness uh, about how to instill uh, the love of exercise with your children and how important that is as well. So like your kids, regardless of what you tell them is important, they're absorbing everything that you do and how you behave. So if you're like, hey, kids, go outside and play in the jungle gym while I sit on my ass and play video games or while I sit here and eat ice cream. But no, exercise is very important. They're going to hear you, but they're going to see you and what they see and they see how you act. Those are the habits they're going to build. So uh, playing and hanging out with your kid is so important because that's a little human that will then grow up to be the habits that you have created for yourself and the habits you've created for your family. So I think definitely hanging out with them is, is great. I think it would also help to have you hang out with other fit dads and uh, fit dads or moms and like a, a, a father, father running club or something along those lines where it's like, you know, you running with a college kid that has no other obligations might make you faster, but he might not understand the struggles you have. Whereas uh, another dad that has similar struggles, you could help him and he could help you. Yeah, definitely. And the cats are, they're just a lost cause at this point. Let's just forget about them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, let's talk a little bit about Nerd Fitness. Uh, we've, we've mentioned gamification, and you use gamification to kind of get people to 
totally transform their lives. And you also have this really cool feature in the community where someone can create their own character for free and and use it as sort of a, like an avatar to help them level up in, in a lot of different areas. Uh, I was just curious, I mean, what kind of results have you seen from the whole character creation uh, thing that, you, that you've implemented in the site? Sure. Uh, I, I did it. I, I, well, initially when I started, I, I just wrote an article a number of years ago and I was like, well, I like to play role playing games and I always like to be this type of character and maybe we can find a way to take like those video game archetypes and transpose them to real life training. And the focus there was to change people's mentality with regards to exercise. So when most people think of exercise, they're like, oh, I have to go to a gym and I have to starve myself and I have to withhold all of these things and force myself to do this thing that I don't enjoy in order to reach some particular physique goal or weight goal or doctor's orders or something. So it's it's very negative. There's a lot of negative connotation around uh, there can be a lot of negative connotation around exercise, and that can often be the thing that stops people from starting. Or once they reach their desired weight, they then they're like, oh, okay, I'm done. Like I did it, and now I can just go back to doing what I was doing. Instead, we want people to think about fitness from the perspective of like, not what do I have to do, but what do I get to do? And a big part of that is picking something that you enjoy. And for me, like I said, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, powerlifting and gymnastics training. Like I fall in love over the past three years with training on gymnastic rings. And I don't have a physique goal. I don't care what my weight necessarily becomes. Instead, it's like how much weight can I specifically pick up or what cool move can I do on these gymnastic rings or how long can I hold a handstand for? So instead of focusing on a scale number or what my photos look like, instead it's what can I do this week that I was unable to do last week? And you can apply that to every type of fitness out there, which is why we created this whole character system. So if you like to power lift, you'd be a warrior. If you like to run, bike, or swim, uh, or all of the above, you would be in the scout guild. If you like to do martial arts, you're a monk. If you like to do gymnastics, you'd be an assassin. It's like we created like these seven video game archetypes, and you can create your character and set your quests and missions. We even give like She's a few hundred free quests for you to get started on, depending on which class you pick. And it just it makes it fun. I think it gets people started down this path. Like I said, it might get you started down the path with extrinsic rewards where or where you get to um, you get to see like, oh, look, my character went from level one to level two because I completed this quest and this quest or I ran a 5K today. So that's a level up uh, and gets you to the point eventually where you're like I truly enjoy exercise and i'm really excited about it so i we've had something like 30 something thousand people have created free characters and uh our entire message board community has been segmented into these groups and guilds so it's a it's a chance for people to identify with how they want to train it has helped us share with people that there are a bazillion different ways to get in shape and you don't have to do one thing or another you get to pick the one that speaks to you and and three remind you that you're not alone and you're surrounded by another group of fun people doing those things so i mean it's it's really fun to see uh it's fun to you know talk to people they're like people these days are like i don't you know like oh i read nerd fitness a lot of people are like i'm a level 14 ranger in the nerd fitness rebellion 
And my current goal is I'm working on completing my CrossFit certification or I'm a level 20 scout and I'm running the Boston Marathon next week. It's like, oh, like, okay, like I know exactly who you are, what level you're at, how you like to train and what your goals are. Uh, it's been it's become a, a pretty fun way to think about fitness and really shifted how people look at uh, exercise. It's not a fad you're not dieting, you're not exercising for 90 days to go back to what you were doing. It's a lifestyle. You know, that's the second rule of nerd fitness. Like when you join, you join for life. You know, and, and when I say join, like joining is free to get into most of nerd fitness. Um, it's just that we don't want you to diet. We don't want you to run yourself crazy for one goal and then you're done. It's like, no, this is now who you are. This is your new identity. And everything that you do every day should reflect uh you getting closer to that particular version of that leveled up version of yourself that you're interested in becoming. And what you said before that I, I really want to echo and uh, underscore here was, you know, you, you really focus on performance. You focus on a certain skill that you're working on. You don't care what the, what the scale says. Um, you know, you don't really care what you look like in the mirror. To a, to a certain extent, of course. Of but, course, right. I did take a shower because I knew we were going to be chatting today, so I wanted I wanted to look presentable for this interview. Yeah. Even though it's audio only, so you know I, I haven't seen you in forever, so I figured we'd actually hang out. Well, you're making me feel bad because clearly I did not shower, and you still wanted to do video anyway. <laughs> I just wanted to see your high, smiling, happy face, man. That's all. Oh, that's so great, Steve. It's just funny, like when I think back on my entire running career, and you know, I've had more than ten coaches, and we never talked about, or very rarely talked about, you know, what we looked like, or what the scale said, or anything like that. We always talked about performance, you know, like what are you able to do? And for runners, that's okay. Well, what kind of splits are you able to run in this workout? Uh, what are you able to race in in any of these races or like what's your weekly mileage you know you're able to like put some real numbers behind your training and that's how you evaluate progress you know we don't evaluate progress based on you know what what the mirror looks like when you're standing in front of it uh sure. and you know this kind of goes back to looking at your appearance as a consequence of your fitness and as long as you are leveling up your fitness you're paying attention to your diet not being on a diet, but just eating well, focusing on real foods and all that. Uh, it's just such a valuable way to to look at becoming healthier, uh, whether you're a runner or you're not a runner. Sure. Well, uh, something something to that you mentioned there. Um, I have no problem with people that I would imagine, honestly, 95 percent of people come to nerd fitness because they want to look better and feel better about themselves i have no problem with that uh we say like the three you know the, the triforce at nerd fitness that's important is happy healthy and feel confident in your own skin or look good naked and you need to have all three of those so like if you are starving yourself and and doing an unsustainable workout to lose weight it's both unhealthy and you will be unhappy and it's not going to work so we try to instill the people like yes I have no problem with you wanting to lose a few pounds or look in the mirror and feel good in, with yourself in a, in a bathing suit or you're gearing up for your wedding, whatever. That's totally fine. I just uh, what I want to get across to people is like if you value or if you base your self-worth on what that scale says, 
it can be very detrimental and it can be very challenging when it goes up by a pound after an unhealthy weekend. And you're like, oh, God, the sky is falling. It's like, no, no, no. It's like, it's OK. Like, stay the course. Like, let's we're, we're going to be OK. We're going to get through this. So that's where the appearance is a consequence of, of fitness comes in. And interestingly enough, I started exercising because I was interested in looking and feeling better about myself. And I spent years and years and years training to build a certain type of physique and kind of treading water, you know, even after starting your fitness, treading water for a number of years. And only over the past three years has my focus truly shifted to what am I capable of and am I eating in a way that aligns with those goals? And unsurprisingly now, although had you told me this three years ago, I wouldn't have believed you. I'm actually up 20 pounds of muscle. I look and feel better and I'm healthier than I've ever been by not focusing on how I look instead focusing on those specific goals. Um, you know, my coach, I actually, I have a coach as well. And that coach told me when I started training with him three years ago, virtually, he said, Steve, we need to stop thinking in terms of days and weeks. We got to think in terms of years. And you know, I'm Anthony Michael, you guys hung out at camp and played, um, uh, beer pong together. <laughs> yes, we did. He's a great guy. He's great dude. He's a hell of a beer pong player too. Yeah, and like just a reference for for people listening. If you guys have seen Game of Thrones, uh, Anthony went as Khal Drogo last year at camp, and he actually looked like he could actually fill that part. So he he talks the talk that, and you know, he deadlifts 500 plus pounds, even though he's like six five. You know, like he's like this really tall, super strong guy. Um, he can also like you know nail backflips and do crazy things. So you know, he said we're gonna stop thinking in terms of weeks and months. And instead, we're going to think in terms of years. Like this is going to be a three to five year process to get you where you want to be from a performance perspective. So put your faith in the process, get that done, and and then focus, you know, individually on each day. Uh, I, I read somewhere something like, you know, how do you build a cathedral? It's like don't worry about what the there's a plan for that cathedral. Just lay the next brick as perfectly as you can. And then think about the next brick. So if you're running, it's like don't overwhelm yourself with the marathon. Like just focus on today's workout and get that workout done as great as you can. And then focus on, okay, my next meal or whatever it may be. And making that focus for me over these past three years has been uh, has allowed me to transform pretty drastically. And I didn't really notice it until I looked at a photo from me a few years back. I was like, holy shit. Pardon my French. Uh, I was like, holy crap. This – wow, like when, when did this happen? You know, like I didn't, it didn't even occur to me because I hadn't been focused on it until I realized like, oh, none of my clothes fit anymore in a really good way. And I had to go out and buy all new things. And I, I remember for our book tour, for the book that came out, I had to get fitted for a tux. I was doing like a James Bond night for fun. And I got fitted for a rental tux and the guy that was fitting the, getting the tux fit. He was taking measurements. He's like, I'm going to be honest with you, dude. None of the tuxes we have fit because you're built like freaking Captain America. And like, I almost like, I just like gave this guy a biggest hug. I was like, that is the greatest thing I have ever heard. I've been waiting to hear that since I was 14, you know, like, <laughs> Thank you. You know, and it because I stopped focusing on it. Instead, it was like, what can I do this week that I couldn't do last week? Yeah, people go to nerdfitness.com or find Steve Cam on Instagram or Twitter and just look at this wonderfully beautiful man. He has <laughs> shoulders that barely fit through door frames, and he was not like that three or four years ago. Uh, so it's a real testament to your. Uh, personal transformation, Steve, and I know that's great. Uh, but you said something about, 
you know, focusing on laying the next brick as perfectly as you can. And, you know, for me as a running coach, this is called embracing the process of training. Yes, have those big goals, stretch goals, um, you know, those goals that kind of scare you a little bit that are on the verge of being impossible. But that's great for kind of, you know, high level motivation. But sure. you really need to focus on exactly what you have to do today, which might be rest. It might be do nothing and, and rest as great as you can rest. <laughs> and then the following day, you know, you attack whatever workout you have uh, and embracing on the process is probably the best way to accomplish any goal because you're doing exactly what you need to do day by day. And that turns into weeks and months and years. And next thing you know, you're Captain America. <laughs> yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. You know, put your faith in the process. And as long as you have a process that is lined up to help you succeed, don't worry about tomorrow. Just focus on not even not even tonight, but focus on the next decision that you have to make and ask yourself, like, would a world class runner make this decision? I know this is this really cool study where these kids were tasked like with they, they put like I think it was like broccoli or some vegetable or like candy in front of a kid. And a kid was invited in and said, like, pick whichever one you want. And then, like, another group of kids were invited in, and the kids before that were told to ask themselves, what would Batman do? And these kids would walk into the room, and they would say, like, what, which one would Batman pick? And some of them were like, well, Batman would probably pick the vegetable because that's better for me, and I like Batman, and I want to be Batman. Therefore, I should probably pick the vegetable. So, like, asking yourself with every decision, like, is this the decision that future me that is a rock star runner – uh, is that the decision that that person would would make? And if the answer is yes, then make that decision. And the more often you can do that, the more likely you will be to have daily success, which bleeds into weekly, monthly, yearly success. I'm gonna hire you as a coach, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> now we've Perfect. talked a lot. Of, yeah, we've talked a lot about um, you know surrounding yourself with people who are going to push you to become better versions of yourself and. Um, you know, not going it alone. Now, what about you? Do you have any mentors or people in specifically in kind of the fitness world uh, that you admire or look to for guidance? Sure. So as I mentioned earlier, my coach, his name is Anthony Michael. He runs a website called anthonymichael.com. Uh, he and I have known each other for a number of years. And after what I saw he could do with people through his virtual training, and he showed me one of his clients, and I was like, okay, the before is somebody that looks less healthy than I am currently. And the after is more healthy than I've ever been. I want to do that. So um, we started bouncing in calls back and forth. And although I have been running nerd fitness now for seven, almost eight years, uh, having a coach to keep me accountable and somebody to call me on my BS, if I were to say, Oh, I don't have time to blah. He's like, okay, like you don't have time. All right, that's uh, that's fine. But yeah, I need you to tell me every time you don't. I'm like, okay, fine. I probably have time. I just need to go do the thing. So having somebody there and a coach that understands my goals and uh, my specifics with how what my, what what my like I said what what I want my progress to be like. Right now, I'm working towards a, a 405 deadlift and holding a, a front lever uh, as a gymnastic move on on the rings and holding a um, holding a certain handstand. So um, I, I have like very specific goals. And I'm like, these are the things that I want to do. And he's like, okay, this will be your workout plan for this month. And we'll talk next month and let me know how things are going. So having him there has been really, uh, really helpful. I have, I have 
and then I like I try to like subtly influence myself as well. So I I don't have Instagram installed on my phone, but whenever I do, like I'll install it to post a new photo or a workout or something. Um, and I find myself mindlessly scrolling through it. I've pretty much unfollowed everybody that isn't like a gymnast or a powerlifter or somebody that wants me to, or somebody that would influence me to be better. And I figured if I'm going to spend my time wasting it standing in line, uh, waiting to get lunch or at the, you know, on the subway, at least I would be looking at other things that are pushing me and influencing me in the right direction. So uh, I think having a coach or at least somebody that you can turn to that is further along than you and can push you along that has been really helpful for me. I didn't have a coach for seven years. And over the past three years, I have, and the difference has been pretty drastic. Yeah, I think we can all we can all see that, Steve. <laughs> um, now, <clears throat> we talked about a bunch of books uh, on this podcast, and I, you're such a voracious reader. I remember when you did stay with me back in 2011. I think I like came home from work, and you're just sitting on the couch reading a book like Steve Cam <laughs> does. Uh, what are you reading right now, and uh, what what are some books that you always find yourself recommending to other people? Sure. So. Uh, it's less health focused, but the book that you and I both mentioned, the four hour work week was, I, that was like Neo discovering the matrix for me. Like, like just this whole world and this whole new lifestyle that I wasn't aware of, I was introduced to me through that book. So that was, um, that was pretty cool. Uh, and like I said, completely shifted my life's focus and ultimately was the reason why I wanted to write the book that I wrote. Uh, I wanted that, you know, I found the four hour work week on a lunch break and I was hoping and have heard from people and has succeeded that I wanted somebody who had never heard of nerd fitness to wander into a bookstore when they're feeling down or out or lost or whatever. And they see the cover of level up your life. They're intrigued. They pick it up. They read the first page. They decide to buy it and it fundamentally changes their life's path. So it was pretty cool. This year we had an event called camp nerd fitness to, I met at least a, probably a dozen people who I said, Hey, how did you find out about this event? They're like, well, I stumbled across your book or I heard you on a podcast talking about the book and then I bought it. And then I joined the nerd fitness community and now I'm here at camp. Like, Oh man, like that's, that's exactly what I was going for. So, um, <laughs> glad to hear it. So, uh, outside of the, outside of the four hour work week, um, I think, uh, I read a lot of fiction right now. I'm currently reading the way of Kings by Brandon Sanderson. It's this long fantasy epic that is going to take forever to read. And he's only written the first two of 10. So I'm like, Oh, I can't believe I'm getting myself into the situation again, but that's okay. <laughs> that's um, like a decade long investment right there. Oh yeah. Yep. Um, and then right now I'm also reading a, a really interesting book called punished by rewards, which is fascinating. And it digs into how, like from parenting and school and jobs, like, how if you only build in punishments and rewards without helping people understand the, as we talked earlier, the intrinsic excitement about doing a particular activity that you're enjoyed, that you're enjoyed to do, uh, it can lead to challenges down the road. So, um, I, I really dig into a lot of behavioral psychology just because it fascinates me and knowing how many people in the nerd fitness community are like, we have actual rocket scientists that read nerd fitness, you know, and they're like, I know what I need to do and I can't get myself to do it. So I'm just fascinated with the whole world of behavioral psychology and habit building and 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 things like that. And I, I feel terrible because like I'm drawing a blank right now as far as 
I, I probably read about a book or at least one book, if not two books per week. Um, and I'm looking over at my bookshelf now. Uh, if somebody's looking for like a great fiction, um, our book called Pillars of the Earth, as mentioned earlier about building a cathedral one brick at a time, is this really cool story about like the, I think like the 11, it's like a historical fiction back in the 1100s or 1200s, this tiny town in England who is interested, where a monk at a, at an abbey is interested in building this giant cathedral. And it takes place over like a hundred plus years through different generations. And there's like, there's, you know, mystery and intrigue and murders and romance and, and, uh, it's, it's, epic it is epic i've read it twice um said so it's called pillars of the earth and then if anybody else is interested in business stuff um richard branson's losing my virginity just that dude and how he has built a business and a lifestyle where he does things that are really exciting to him and built a great company or a series of companies um in a fun way has been uh has been really exciting for me too well, I always love hearing what uh, people are reading, especially successful people. And I'd put you in that category, Steve. It's just I'm kind of trying. like... <laughs> just trying to make you proud, man. Well, it's like a window into how you think. You know, like what are the books that capture your interest, your imagination? And you can see how they impact your life and your decisions. And it's just really interesting to me. I'm, I'm such a nerd when it comes to what are you reading and what are your routines? I'm actually sure. looking at my book, Daily Rituals, which you might oh, have heard. That's, a, that's an interesting one. Yeah. It's just so interesting hearing like all these artists and, and other creatives and how they structure their day. Uh, some of them are not very healthy. In their... <laughs> yeah. A lot of the writers are like, oh yeah, do I wake up and like, I do like a lot of drugs or like I'd start drinking pretty heavily. And then I write like, well, that's an interesting ritual, but I'll probably pick a different one. Uh, a, book, <laughs> a book that I forgot to mention that uh, I just, I, I read it recently. Um, Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. It's like the first book I've ever read where like I finished, I, I started it in the morning I finished it the afternoon and then like I went immediately to Amazon and wrote a review and I've never done that for any book ever. So I've heard good things about it. It's awesome. It's, 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 if you're, if you're in business, wherever you're trying to do with your life. Um, and I apologize for whatever that noise is in the background. I don't know what's going on in my apartment here in New York, if you can hear it. Um, but, uh, yeah, ego is the enemy. He just really digs into like how your ego could potentially be the thing that stops you from starting something because your ego is telling you, you need to be better at this before you try it or your ego is telling you to keep doing something even though it doesn't work because then it would be admitting that you're at fault or that you had made a mistake earlier. It's awesome. It's a quick read. It really digs into like stoicism and ancient philosophers, but also very applicable uh, in, in modern life. So I can't, I can't recommend ego as the enemy enough. Yeah. It sounds like me starting this podcast. I was putting it off for over a year and finally I had some friends that were just like, dude, you have to stop. Uh, putting it off and just do it. Put it out there. Here we are. Here we are. We're doing it. We're, We're doing, doing it, man. All right, Steve, let's wrap up. Thanks so much for coming on the show. I, I really do admire the way you do things from building an incredible community at Nerd Fitness with, you know, no scammy ads, no shake weights. <laughs> I love it. To trans transforming yourself into Captain America. You're doing it right, my man. And nice, I appreciate dude. that. So thanks for having me. Um, you know, you and I have gone way back. It's been, geez, what, five years now since you and I first met? Five and a half years? Probably, yeah. Five, it was... five years at this point. Four or five years, something like that. So it's obviously cool to see what you do, and I love how, how much you incorporate strength training and, you know, the importance of building a great core with um, with running as well. And, you know, whenever we can at, at Nerd Fitness, we make sure our scouts are, are familiar with uh, with the strength running community too. So hopefully there are more Nerd Fitness folks that, that head your way. 
I actually hear from quite a few people who are like, yeah, I found out about you on Nerd Fitness. And I was like, oh, Steve Cam, I love him. And then we high five and <laughs> then we go about getting faster. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. All right, Steve, thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. And there we have it, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in to episode five. I hope this episode was interesting, and I also hope it was fun to listen to. As you can probably tell, Steve and I are good friends, and uh, I also want to encourage you to check out the blog post around this episode. There's a lot of different links and resources that we talked about on the show today that are included on the blog post. Everything from all the books we discussed, Steve on Instagram, him looking huge with his enormous broad shoulders. Um, you know, Steve's coach, how to create a nerd fitness character and instill a love of fitness in your kids and a really fun video of Steve playing the violin and being terrible at it. So thanks again for tuning in and we'll talk again on the next episode.